Hi, I'm RJ and this is Fratello Talks and today we talk about Watches and Wonders and Lexis Alternative Top 3. And before we start, let's do a little wrist check. Lex, what are you wearing? A small Timor Heritage Field ATP on a Bund I stole from Dan. I think you have been wearing this before, right? I, I, I have been wearing this quite a lot because it, I, I don't know, I, it, I just love it. Yeah, it looks nice. Goes well with your shirt that yeah. almost just uh, got coffee uh, spilled <laughs> over it. Yeah. Suits you very well. Thank yeah. you. And Thank on the you. show, as you've heard, we also have Dan. Yes. What are you I'm wearing today? I'm wearing also a very small uh, Breguet 5907, white gold. Bracket. On a Malkin strap. Very nice. It's a wrong strap, but it's a very nice watch. Thanks. Okay. Yep. What are you wearing? <laughs> I'm oh. wearing a Speedmaster. I haven't seen that one in a, in a while, no, this particular it, one. It's the Speedmaster H10 for the 10th anniversary of Hodinki. Yeah. Mm. So are you going to tell us what's wrong with it or are you going to tell us what... <laughs> that's mean, right? I'm sorry. No, that's mean, but I like it. I uh, It was my first um, straight lock Speedmaster because it's based on a first Omega in space. Mm-hmm. So it's a 39 millimeter Speedmaster and uh, with the colors... Yeah, and I think it's based on the first Speedmaster that Ben Clymer got from his, I think, grandfather that started it all for him, the Speedmaster Mark Forty. So uh, the colors don't have actual use for this one, while yeah. it, it had on the original, the original one, one. Yeah, but still, I think it's a nice colorway with the I red, fully blue, agree. and yellow. I fully agree. I uh, I spotted it on your wrist uh, this morning, and I thought I know that there's something functionally wrong with the watch, yeah. but. From a design perspective, it uh, it's it's a really good looking piece, actually. Yeah. It's, a, it's a playful Speedmaster. Yeah, yeah I, I think I so like as well. Yeah. 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 I don't wear it often, but uh, yeah, sometimes I do, and uh, it's a nice piece. Yeah, agreed. Let's talk about watches and wonders. Uh, last week we had Sinara, Nacho, and Dan again yeah. on the show talking about their experience because it was the first time for uh, you, Dan, yeah. to be at Watches and Wonders. Definitely not a first time for. Lex, if we include SIH no. and Basel World, no. uh, Watches and Wonders, a little bit of a mix of those. What was your first Basel World year? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. 1800. <laughs> <laughs> I went uh, by horse and carriage oh. and uh, we picked up uh, Jacques Edreau, uh, Pierre-Henri Jacques Edreau on, on the way. And uh, that was a fun fun bunch where we went. Yeah, yeah. Can I yeah, imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Louis Bourget was there. Cooking the sausages himself in front Selling of the, the tickets. Uh, yeah, man, man, those were wild days. I can't, I'm no, I, I don't really was remember. Was it the 90s or later? No, it was later. It was early uh, 2000s. Okay. <clears throat> but I do remember that, no, I have, I missed the first SESH, but I think I was there for the second or third. Oh. Yeah. I can't remember. SIHH, I think it was 2010 or 2011, my first, quite mm-hmm. late. Yeah. And Basel World, I think my first was 2007 or 2008. I'm yeah. so bad with years. Now. I, I went together really... with Frank from uh, Monochrome. Shout yeah. out. And uh, <laughs> by car. It was a long drive. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Frank smokes. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah in the and car so moment, did you That then. was a long yeah. drive. So I did, don't smoke. So, yeah, but you did during the car. <laughs> yeah, then right? I did. So I smoked <laughs> for uh, seven hours or so. Um, Thank you, Frank. Yes. What I've been told in the past by uh, a friend of the show, Claude from Bunter. Shout out to Shout out. Absolutely. Is that it used Great to be, barbecue. Yes. Master of barbecue. Master of wine. It used to be the, the Muster Messe, hmm. the Basel World Fair, where Swiss trades were showed 
or demonstrated ah, or okay. sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it was not only watches, it was all sorts of stuff, even, Jeez. even pigs and other cattle oh, was, was there. Oh. And, then, and, and then later on, it, it, uh, it changed to this uh, specific show for jewelry and, and watches. Hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we all know what happened to Basel World. And, no more uh, pigs. No more pigs. Yeah, it would be an interesting <laughs> mix, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And nice. uh, yeah, Watches of Wonders, uh, I think, took over SIH and oh. uh, part of Watches of Wonders. But not the pigs. Been, no, not the pigs. Has been replaced by Basel World. Too bad. Yeah. I don't know. They're quite smelly. Yeah. You hose them down every day. It's going to be Could fun. make nice traps. <laughs> it was quite smelly in Balexpo as well at the end of the week. Yeah. Oh, I didn't sniff, but... Um, <laughs> The interesting part is when I, when you enter Palexpo is um, if you go to the main entrance, I think on the right you, f- you see that's really SIHH. Yeah. And on the left it's Basel World. Yeah. Because also the, the booths, yeah. Yeah. the booths from uh, Rolex and Patek, yeah. they are very much uh, the same as they had in uh, Baselworld. They Basel are the World. same. Yeah. 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 Um, Lex, um, what are your favorite findings from Watches and Wonders 2023? Um, I'm I'm gonna steer away from all the uh, usual uh, suspects mm-hmm. because uh, I was uh, again I found myself amazed by uh, Louis Mornet. Yeah. Um, last year my favorite watch was the Memora Spirit, and this time it was actually more or less the same watch, but they they call it Time to Race, and this was a new iteration uh, with. Blue and Bl- red, right? No, I, uh, this was a black, white, and a little bit of red. It's the oh, German yeah, edition. And, yeah. and it just, I don't know, that little dial that shows the time and then with the, that is dressed up like a, a number on a race car. I thought in this in this version, it was just ah, lovely. Like 40 millimeters, a little bit over 40 millimeters titanium with that dome sapphire. The... The chronograph mechanism fully uh, shown. It's just, ah, it's just lovely. It's a mix of, um, and I'm not into skeletonized or open work watches at all, but somehow this thing works. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that that's probably, it's not very, yeah, it's not very original to come up with the same watch after twenty uh, twenty two. Yeah. But um, yeah, really, really love that. Do really you also notice, and perhaps there's also a question for Dan that. Um, the further Watches of Wonders is away from us, does your favorite mm. top three or favorite watches change? That's For me, it does, one. to be honest. Mm. Um, it's not that the, the first picks I had were uh, are not good anymore. I just when I when I yeah 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 some watches just have to land a little yeah bit. yeah 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 some some just uh, stick around like my uh, like my time to raise from uh, Louis Monnier yeah that there there's stuff that I saw and I thought oh awesome and then it kind of hmm, drift away there's there's also one watch that actually came back that I uh, didn't mention before it was a 35 millimeter Pasha oh. with a on a on a brown strap and a brownish uh, dial that was actually. That was kind of cool. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I wouldn't mind meeting that watch again <laughs> in, the, in the near future. It was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. For me, the difference was bigger between reading the press releases and then seeing the watches actually at the fair. You have some favorites maybe from the press mm-hmm. releases and then yeah. you see them in, in person and you're like, mm, no, that's not the yeah, watch yeah, I yeah. imagined yeah, yeah, it to yeah. be. Or uh, another watch, maybe like the Tag Heuer Glass Box, really mm-hmm. surprised in the in the flash because yeah. it was really nice actually with the 
Yeah, I think it's a beautiful it's execution. Fine. I think the price yeah. is good. Perhaps it's a bit out of the of the, the regular atmosphere of prices for uh, Takoya's Carrera. It's 66 or 6.5 in euros. Something so, like that, yeah. But I really enjoyed looking at it. I think the size is good, 39. The dial is really nice. The movement is a color wheel chronograph, which is not bad for the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a blue and a black version. I think the blue is a bit more contemporary and the, the black version is a bit more vintage inspired by the Dato 12 models. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. You don't like it. No, I don't. I don't no. The data twelve is just odd, and and and. But the second hand is so thin; you can easily read the date even no. when the watch is at zero. No. The second hand. Is no, at zero. I don't agree with that. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that was wrong. a bad idea in the. Past. I think the whole thing was a bad idea in the past. There was still a bad idea, yeah. but I did like the blue one. There's only one thing I I wonder if it is a timeless design, but that that that. Uh, yeah, that's a cliche, but only time will tell. But it definitely felt nice, and it looked nice. And I applaud Tag Heuer for trying something new with yeah. a um, so to, to to create a new yet still like smallish uh, version of the of the Carrera and not go yeah. completely overboard as they once did with was it the the HO two with the the humongous that uh, almost blow yeah. uh, kind of lookalike yeah. uh, version. So uh, I I was surprised. I liked it, but I'm I was not over the moon with joy. But uh, let's see how it develops. They've done a lot of re editions of this model in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of everything, but especially of the Chrono. And um, this one was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was still very recognizable. Yeah, it was it was a Carrera, but it was a modern Carrera. Yeah, yeah. that was. I think Lexus wandering if the dial design will hold up yeah. because it has this flanged curve yeah, yeah. whether that will be still nice in 10 years from yeah, now because exactly. it's very much in the now yeah, yeah. Um, and some yeah, of I the uh, but if you remember the Takoya Monza at the time there was a great watch yeah if I see it today I think yeah that's very 90s and what about the uh, what was it the SEL or the SL or the, and that, oh, yeah, that SEL. became and then yeah, became yeah. the link yeah that was a nice watch at the time Senna had one. I yeah, on Senna, I, I had on the one. leather strap. I had one. Oh, yeah, but wow. does it need to be timeless to be nice or to be? Yeah, no, that's a very good, good question. question. Does it need to be timeless to be nice? No, I don't think no. so. No, not necessarily. I not, still not like the Abel Wave. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's not timeless, but I still like it. No, it's, yeah, it's it still also good perhaps depends on your favorite era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I see that the eighties are uh, there's some kind of eighties revival has been going on and perhaps the next thing will be a 90s revival and perhaps that Takoyer SEL or Link will be cool again, Lex. I hope you still have it. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. That was in a, in a, in a period where I could only uh, uh, have a new watch if I sold the old watch. So yeah. uh, that, that was definitely not a timeless uh, design. Mm. I have to say that um, during Watches and Wonders, I had my favorites, and uh, one of them was the, and it still is, the Gold GMT Master, and even the Bicolor or the uh, Rolesor, as Rolex calls it, is nice. Um, I like the new day dates with the nice stone dials. I don't like the emoji thing. Mm. And at first, I did not like the Yardmaster in titanium. Ah. And as a Yardmaster, I still not particularly like it, because for me, when the Yardmaster was introduced, I think in full gold in 92 and in steel and platinum in 99. I think mm-hmm. it was also called the Yachtmaster Jumbo. It's 40 millimeter watch. Yeah. Steel case, oyster bracelet with polished center link, PCL. 
and a solid platinum dial and a platinum bezel. And I think that was a luxury version of the Rolex Submariner. Yeah, exactly. Was 100 meter water resistance yeah. instead of 300. And that to me sort of didn't make sense, but it made sense that it did make sense, if that makes sense. It was the, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, yeah, the steel was the, the functional tool watch for underwater, yeah. and this was the, um, the more shiny thing that it could was more uh, for go the on club. the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Than for, the, yeah. Uh, for the yacht itself. If and you fell overboard, it would still uh, hold up. Exactly. Yeah, or if you catch a wave or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we see the Yachtmaster making its return in 42 millimeters. I think there was already 42 millimeters in gold. Um, now it's a 42 millimeter in titanium and it was not exactly unexpected because there were some um, sightings yeah. of a prototype on the wrist of a certain someone. Sir Ben Ainsley, yes. same as a British uh, sailor. And, and that was all over Instagram at some point. Um, and I think that was already last year. So people expected this watch already last year, I feel. Mm -hmm. And so in this year there was a titanium Yardmaster. And at first I have to say I don't like it because it's not a like a luxury submariner but this is more like a tool watch something mm -hmm. in between a submariner and yeah. a sea dweller perhaps yeah. but titanium is so not rolex ah well well it's so not Yachtmaster. exactly yeah yeah maybe that yeah but perhaps both yeah but i do like it <laughs> yeah i start to uh, to warm up to it to be honest i don't like titanium and um but it's especially the combination of this watch and what the Yachtmaster used to be perhaps that i it it's a, a difficult, in my yeah. Head, it's a but, difficult um, story to follow. Yeah. And um, I asked uh, during the press presentation. I asked about it, but the problem is, you can ask a thousand questions at Rolex and you get zero answers. Mm -hmm. um, because I also felt, yeah, well, does this make sense from an from a Rolex evolution standpoint? And this would have been the superior sub. This this should be a, a, a titanium sub. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it isn't because it is a, a titanium yardmaster. So it's it's weird to see but the luxury version mm -hmm. of the sub now being um, turned into a tool watch. I do think the bezel, like the relief yeah. bezel, works really well with the really titanium. Well. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But it's also very not yardmasterish. It is because it's in relief. Yeah, but not the, the material. Case, but not the material. No, you go from platinum yeah. to titanium. That's yes. a bit weird. That's yeah. weird, yeah. What I think, but I'm not sure, but sometimes it uh, it uh, appears to me that we think there's a lot of thought behind these watches at Rolex, but perhaps there isn't. Mm -hmm. Because whatever they do, and the emoji one being a very nice example, or the, if you remember, Lex, the, uh, the, the new... Um, Rolex Prince, the rectangular. Yeah. And I think it was oh, yeah. part of the Cellini yeah. at yeah. some point. Yeah, it was. Early 2000s. Yeah. It was in production for a very short time. Yeah. That also didn't make sense. No. But no. still, they have to make choices. But, but yeah, they yeah. have to make a decision somewhere. But yeah. So someone takes a decision to do the emoji one and the one with the with the colors, the colors, the, the, the oyster patchules with the, with the balloons or whatever it is on the dial. And then there's the Rolex Yachtmaster and Titanium. But I, Do you think they, they really put a lot of thought into yeah. it? In, the, in this case, I think maybe it's not a th it's not the thought from inside Rolex. It is the uh, the thought from outside Rolex. I think uh, with Sir Ben Ainsley, maybe he. I think he is a, a Rolex testimony, not an ambassador, but a, but a testimony. He's a sailor. He is a very successful sailor. Um, so he wears the Yachtmaster because he's a sailor. Maybe he said it's too heavy for me. I don't like it. 
Um, and given his fame, name and fame, he um, said, maybe you can do it lighter. Or maybe then Rolex thought, oh, well, we can do it lighter. So they made him this, uh, there was this prototype that was not on a bracelet, but it was on a, I think, on a rubber, rubber strap. Uh, on yeah. a rubber strap yeah. da, da. So I think maybe this comes directly from him, from his wishes. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a uh, Rolex testimony, uh, I want to wear it, but uh, I really need something lighter. That, that so, can be very true, but isn't it also the case that if you are a sailor, that you prefer to have the Yachtmaster 2 in titanium? Because that actually has some yachting functionality. Yeah, but I don't think anybody would use that actively. I think he just wants boat, to yeah. have something uh, on his wrist. Maybe he needs to have something on his wrist. And if you're obliged to wear something on your wrist, then you want it as yeah. light as possible <laughs> on your wrist. I think maybe <laughs> it's also that. Well, the Yardmaster 2 is huge as well. Exactly. Yeah, but perhaps he has huge wrists. I don't know. Because the, the new Yardmaster is also, also 42, which is also surprising that the diameter police yeah. didn't really comment on that diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did they comment on the uh, forty-two millimeter gold version? Did they? I can't remember that. Perhaps I, the diameter I, police is not the audience for Rolex. Yeah, that's oh, that that that's very true. I think that's very very true. Yeah. And I think also Rolex doesn't care; they just do. That's another truth. Well, I think people discuss the diameter of the Explorer and Explorer Two, but maybe the Yachtmaster. The Explorer is Audience strange because is they went from 36 to 39 to 36 again. They discontinued the 39 and yeah. then add a 40 to, to the collection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. Coming back to your uh, your former uh, question, your hypo- uh, yeah, hy- hypothetical question, uh, is there any thought uh, at Rolex? Well, maybe with the with the titanium Yardmaster, I could say okay, that there there could be. But the forty millimeter Explorer is completely. I have no clue. I have no clue what the idea behind that is. Why? I think it's simply a market segment that they want to. Because the thirty six Explorer is too small for me. Uh, my wife has one, and I I tried it because I, for me that's one of the purest Rolex sports watches mm-hmm. there is. So it I did, really yeah. like it from a design. Uh, point of view. Absolutely. When I put it on my wrist, it wears smaller than my day date in 36 or or day just because they also have like lighter colored dials. It also makes a difference. The bezel probably also the bezel smooth is a little bezel bit, uh, or the smooth uh, bezel. Different. But um, the 39 was quite good and the 40 is also good, but well, perhaps I even prefer the 39 there. There is something with Rolex and 39s. I mean, the Oyster Perpetual in 39 was perfect that was perfection in my yeah. my my humble opinion that grape or white grape or what have you that was good 39 yeah. millimeters that Very was just nice. oh that was yeah. such a sweet size and they just and also for and now it's 36 it's, it's and 41 41 yeah. and i think yeah. the day date is 40 so they are all over yeah the place. they're all over the place but and there's the new yeah. 1908 is uh, uh 39. 39 oh yeah. well, then yeah. i need a 1908 yeah. because it's a like it looks bigger it, because it's all dial it's a lot yeah. of dial, yeah. Mm. Well, I like it. I liked it too. I yeah. was I was really surprised by yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not sure about a Mercedes hand without the Mercedes logo, but uh, yeah, I think it's a quirky thing. But perhaps that's also what makes it fun in the end. I'm also well, since we're uh, trying to uh, understand what Rolex is all about. Why did they drop Cellini? Why did they drop that name? I have never ever 
seen someone wearing it in the flesh. Yeah, but you're also never going to see uh, anybody wear a prince, or uh, the, are you ever going to see no, a 1908? Discontinued for a reason. The 1908, yeah. I saw someone ordering it. So the 1908, I can imagine that that you will see them at some point because I think they're a bit more uh, generic, so to speak, or. or it's, re- it's really easier uh, on the eyes than a Cellini. A nice Cell- combination of a sports watch and a dress watch. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. But what, was the Cellini a bad looking, were they bad looking watches? I don't think they were bad looking watches. They were not bad looking, but I think in that price segment, you could go to other brands that offered a little bit more. But and I don't think they were that unique in their design. So they were not that different from a Facheron or a Patek or whatever. Yeah, but And the, this one is the 1908 yeah, because is, of the Mercedes hand? Rolex. Is and that because on, of the Mercedes no, hand? That I don't know. I think it's the design in, in total that is a bit more Rolex than the Cellini was. But is it recognizable enough? I'm not, I don't it's know. not recognizable as a Rolex. No, exactly. No. It, is, it is for the, uh, for for the for very few introvert in, Rolex yeah. lovers. Those who are in the know, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. want it. But, uh, hey, I all don't know. five it's, of you. Yeah, <laughs> all five of you order one today. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so. I, I have to uh, to adjust my opinion a little bit on the on the Rolex Yachtmaster. That it's it's not a bad watch. It's just the the, the fact that it's a titanium Yachtmaster makes it a little bit strange. I think it would be, have been more logical if we would have seen a titanium sea dweller mm-hmm. yes. instead of them yes. doing a sea dweller in gold and steel like a few years yes. ago. That was a weird yes. move. Yes, or, or what? It, yeah, and the exploring steel gold. Yeah, that's also a weird move. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's see uh, how it will go and if they will be available for purchase. So Rolex is adding uh, another manufacturer. I think they're they're quite f- quite far with mm. building it. Yeah. So rumor has it that Rolex is doing over a million watches. Um, so that might help the supply a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, they could they could easily sell yeah. them. It's uh, that's see. not a problem. Yeah. And. Um, what I also found interesting was the price point. Uh, the watch is 14,000 round, ah. the Yachtmaster in 42 millimeters. And that's not that far away from... No, it's engineer money. That's engineer money, <laughs> but it's also not far away from a Rolex GMT Master in uh, two-tone, which is, I think, 16-something. Ah. And how much is a, a, a like a standard steel uh, GMT Master? I think around 10 if I'm not mistaken. Well, the sub, no, the sub, the is, sub 10. is 10. Oh, then it's the GMT is a bit it's more 12. expensive, I yeah. guess. No, not that much. No, no, no. really? Oh. The difference was not never that big between a sub and a GMT. That's true. But uh, the, st- the the Evero, no, the, not the Evero's, the, the Rolizar, so mm-hmm. yellow gold, yeah. and steel is uh, 16,000 something, um, which is not that far off of a titanium one. So titanium is quite expensive. N- no, it no 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 titanium isn't quite expensive. It, well, the, this, this is this a titanium watch is quite expensive <laughs> yeah, compared yeah, to steel watches. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's the same with the engineer in titanium, which is uh, even I think more expensive. It's a, it's a 16,000 16. euro yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch. Uh, well, and it's uh, it's not. No, and again, it's not. <laughs> the no. price tag is 16. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because but the steel version is 13,000 something. Oh, that's the same price as the, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, the Yardmaster is engineer money in yeah. every. Yeah, the problem I, I, is you yeah. can't get the, the, the Rolex watches uh, so far, but yeah. let's see if you can get the engineer because uh, they will have a very limited production per year. And... Um, I feel they went <laughs> overboard with the price. 
I think it did. I think we all feel they went overboard. Yeah, went with overboard the with the price. And I'm I'm now thinking about the very, very the not the very first engineer because that's the six six six. That's the old one from the fifties. Oh, but I'm, I'm yeah, exactly that one. There were a court, and I looked it up. I think there are nine hundred and eighty-seven or something of those watches sold. I think just a thousand of those watches were produced. Mm-hmm. That was that the, the engineer was never, never a commercial success, never. No, no, also no iteration. Exactly. No, no, no. no reedition. It was never uh, a commercial success. Still, they brought they they, uh, they released this one. And they already said, Christian Knoop, the, uh, designer. the designer, said that it will be sort of a, uh, like almost like a capsule, a capsule, a capsule collection. It's going to be a small collection. The, the basis is the three-hander. Um, so three steel, now titanium. And I said, well, then the seratanium version will probably also follow shortly. Mm-hmm. Then he smiled. I think actually that in seratanium, that watch makes sense from an cool. from an evolutional standpoint. I think also the titanium makes more sense than the, yeah. than the steel. But the the problem is, of course, is that price wise, it's going to be very very tricky. And I will tell you why. Because there's also this year they introduced this. I think it was rather pretty a forty one millimeter blue ceramic uh, Top Gun pilot's uh, chronograph. Um, Oceania, I, I believe, that was a thirteen thousand euro watch. So, if you then <laughs> release a ceratanium, this is basically the same ceramic, in an engineer version, um, you already have a thirteen k steel, you have a sixteen k titanium. What the hell are you going to do with the price? Because nowadays, I think that brands, they just put prices on watches, but they also forget to look into their own catalog, <laughs> um, what else is in there, mm-hmm. and what the prices are. Yeah, it needs to make sense and, somehow. And so it's going to be, first of all, it's going to be interesting to see how the watch will look like. I think it could be pretty, pretty good. But then I'm very interested in, uh, in the pricing of that uh, critter. What I found interesting is... Um well, when I saw the engineer for the first time, the new one, mm-hmm. I was very, oh, that's nice. Because I, yeah. I like the engineer, I like the previous uh, the models as well. And I saw it, oh, that's nice. And then I picked it up and I felt it, so it was, oof. Mm. And then I heard the price. And then I thought, man, it's mm-hmm. it's not living up to the price because or the mm. clasp is, I think the clasp is not there in all no. uh, honesty. No. And I think, uh, well, rumor has it that they will change the clasp. But let's see if they will actually do it and mm. how that will look. Because I felt the clasp is not uh, up to standards. If you put a 13k price tag on a steel one, no, that's auto put that kind of money, clasp yeah. on it. Yeah, it's it's auto luxury money. And I think a few podcasts ago we talked about the price increases for Jeje uh, Le Culture, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, and there uh, we we said okay, the Reverso uh, that Dan has, for example, they went from 9k to 13k, more or less. Mm. Yeah, and there you, I think you have a, a piece of auto luxury. And I didn't get that feeling when I had the engineer in my hands, not for the bracelet or the clasp, but also looking at the movement inside. It's a very cool watch. It has the looks. It has uh, a lot of ingredients for success. But I think it's the price that yeah. is the issue. But on the other hand, as Timo always, always says, it's also a luxury industry where a lot of people, they don't care about price. They just buy what they like. And it, the price tag is not relevant. Yeah, but the, And sometimes I, yeah. it's even... 
for them more interesting if some some product has a higher price tag. Yeah, but we're not talking about supreme uh, sweaters here. And I think this is also True. an industry that has a, a, a strong tradition and that can only uh, exist because it also st uh, stays true to uh, and loyal to its uh, traditions. And I think brands who yeah. throw away uh, that, um, yeah, they, they might yeah. find themselves in a, in a difficult position. You know what surprised me? Actually, there was a, <laughs> a Chopin Alpine Eagle 41 with a, like almost like a copper or what was it, a salmon dial. And they salmon. put a, an uh, LUC uh, movement yeah, in there with a thin. micro rotor yeah. and it was just eight point something, uh, I think, uh, thick. Yeah. And um, What's the price tag on that one? Yeah, that was expensive. That was 21, I think, so. I think from the top of my head. So it was a little bit, uh, a little bit high. But, but at that from a movement perspective, mm -hmm. I think that Alpine Eagle is then more interesting if it has an LUC movement. Yeah. Yeah, it's I much think more so interesting too. than it has when it has the group movement from Richemont inside. Yeah, and especially with the integrated bracelet and the, the yeah. very thin yeah. case, it's a very nice watch. I, I think the problem with the Alpine Eagle is the bracelet as well, because the center link is just a cap, and it holds the screw that you screw in from the back to mm. to, uh, to connect all the the links of the yeah. bracelet. And I I don't see that construction as very solid. Yeah. Okay. But in the end, it's a nice-looking watch, mm -hmm. um, vintage inspired by uh, Schäufele, I think. Yeah, that's the, the, uh, the old Saint Moritz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, up to now, I was never, never uh, really smitten uh, by uh, by them. But uh, this one just, yeah, the, it was the thinness, it was the the, yeah. the color combination, uh, the, the the movement is nice, and the same goes, and that's even higher. In price, it was of course the uh, the fashion overseas. Yeah, that was with beautiful. the uh, with the retrograde. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I expected fashion to come with a a few more two two twos. Last think, year there yeah. was such a success and yeah. uh, such a hype. There, I see it. Yeah, um, yeah. If they would have released it in white gold or in a, a combination of gold and uh, yeah, gold and steel or yellow gold and white gold, for example, some kind of combination. It would have been quite a, an amazing thing to happen. Yeah. But they didn't. No. And I also think that uh, when we're talking about, yeah, well, the uh, luxury industry, blah, 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 blah. They can just, uh, we can just sell it. We will just sell it. The good thing was that Vacheron that's ha has been around since uh, 1755, I say on the top of my head, um, is that they thought, no. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna show that we uh, are the master of uh, retrograde uh, movements, and mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna, gonna do this. So I I do like it that they just resisted the urge yeah. to milk the two 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 yeah, with yeah. Uh, different iterations and just go for something else. For sure. They went to Oris way. Oh, their own God. way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kermit. Where's Kermit? Yeah. Oh. yeah, is he under the table? Yeah. No, but I I feel in general that um, there were not really a lot of hyped watches like no. we saw last year. No, there was no real hype. There was no real hype and there was not one single watch that got all the talk. And I think last year there was the 222 and uh, the Rolex GMT Master Destro, <laughs> so the left-hand crown. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it was those two watches were talked about the most. Yeah. I think this watch. year, it yeah, also that. <laughs> this year, it really depends on who you ask. Yeah. I think it's all different watches. If you ask 10 different people, you yeah. probably get uh, at least five different watches. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a one standout watches wonders twenty twenty three watch? Just uh, that one 
thing that just if, blew you if, away? Yeah, if I had a um, unlimited budget, which I can I guess? Can I make a guess? Yes. Or this size chronograph? No. Oh, yeah. No, I I think I that's a so that's an amazing watch, and I think especially the the, the mechanism is really cool, mm. where you can use the pushers to also set the the chronograph pushers. That yeah. is to set the day and the date, but it's Parmigiani with their ah, yeah, Tonda yeah, yeah. PF, yeah. the spaghetti timer that had this minutes chronograph. Yeah. I think that was a really cool watch. Yeah. yeah. And I like how it's done. And of course, they play a little bit with the, the demand for watches with an integrated bracelet, but it's done in such a nice way. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's real craftsmanship. It's yeah. Hotel Logerie. And yeah. I also don't think the prices are insane. They're, they are, it's not a cheap watch by any means, but it, it's also not cheaply made. It is an expensive no, no, watch, no, but no. it's also Hotel Logerie. Absolutely. I don't know about the, uh, the, the, the exactly about the version you saw, but the first one in this new collection, the PF, that with the steel and then with the platinum uh, uh, fluted uh, bezel, yeah. that was already wow. Yeah, and they did, yeah, exactly. And they what, what I also appreciate is that they... Um, it shows effort and it shows uh, originality and it yeah. shows that you want to do something at the top of your abilities with yeah. the with the dial with with the bezel and 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 that is something that some brands and I do feel a little bit that IWC with the engineer is that they they stopped at eighty five percent or ninety percent, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they didn't go all the way. Where where Parmigiani with the with the PF that they they really really went all the way, and then maybe even further. And then they came up with this slim, fantastic looking. Um, yes, it's it fits within the integrated bracelet, blah 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 concept, but still, it has a very original uh, look. Yeah, yeah, well done. I agree. Last but not least, because we want to keep this uh, podcast always oh, a bit yeah. on the short, short side, and, and we're already uh, running uh, over time. Running late. But um, a question to the both of you is, um, would you like to see at least Blancpain, Breguet, uh, perhaps Glacite Original or Jacques Hedreau back at a show like Watches and Wonders? Perhaps Omega as well. I know that everything up to Longines, they do their own local events. In previous years, Omega had their Omega days, uh, mainly for retail. Uh, but I miss them. And I think also, especially uh, Blancpain and Briquet, but perhaps also Omega, they can use the exposure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dan, you go first. I think it would be nice, especially for us, to be able to compare the watches to the other brands that are uh, that are there. Um, but I also kind of like the fact that they want to do their own thing and that they um, but then they need to do their own thing yeah they don't they don't do their own thing same for Omega they had some local things and it was mainly aimed at retail because Audemars Piquet and Breitling they also do their own thing but they do their own thing yeah. they yeah, have their events definitely. and AP had a wonderful event earlier this year two or three day event in Le Brassu and it was wonderfully done they showed uh, the, the I think most of the collection for this year already yeah and um, yeah, and that they was even, done very well. Yeah. So I didn't miss AP because I already saw AP, but I missed some brands that are that have become a little bit invisible. Yeah. And why do you think they're not there? Because I think Hayek pulled out all the Swatch Group brands from uh, Basel because it was uh, 60, so 60 
million in Swiss francs to be there for the whole week of Baselworld. And I think, man, that's a lot of money. That was yeah. just pure greed from yeah. the organization of Baselworld. And I think that he realized, hey, for that kind of money, I can do local events or... But then and, but, do them. Do but then them. do them or do a global event. But what I also noticed is that he's also in charge of Swatch. And last year we saw the Moon Swatch. That's also not a global event. That was not a global event. It was local events on different at different times and different locations. And I feel there is a need to have a global event for showing new watches. Perhaps not for retail, but at least for press. It's nice to have everything in one place yes. at the same time. But especially, and also for uh, for relevance, Breguet and Blancpain are traditional auto-logerie watch brands. Um, they are competing with the likes of Vacheron, of Patek, uh, maybe a new newcomer, uh, Lange, and they're not there. Mm-hmm. And I think it it also, if you don't present yourself on that stage where your peers, your competitors are active, you will lose uh, relevance. Yeah, but AP is also not there. Yeah, but AP is a little bit of a quirky thing. Um, also because of the way they present the uh, they present themselves as a Royal Oak brand. It's Royal Oak by AP. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with AP is, is as you said, they did their uh, event in Le Brassu and then later they also did events in different countries mm-hmm. and they managed to stay relevant. Um, so they are very active. But Blancpain and Breguet are not. And they also don't have the Royal Oak kind of thing in their collection. No. So it makes it also easy to make the decision to uh, pull out and uh, do something yeah. uh, yourself. Well, I have to say Blancpain has the 50 Fathoms and they are celebrating a very important year this year. 17th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. But, but And then... And aside from some local things and from some press releases that ended up in our mailbox... Nothing much happens. And then you could also wonder, okay, so why should we go rave about it, how awesome it is? Because Yeah, but let's compare it to a music festival. If you have a music festival where the Beatles and the Stones uh, are playing, um, you also want to be there as a band. And now you have the Beatles and the Stones at uh, Watches and Wonders, and where are Brigue and uh, Blancpain? They should be there. At the local fancy fair. Yeah, at the local (laughs) fancy fair. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the youth center. Yeah. No, but they need to be there. It's the world stage. They yeah. need to be there. Yeah, either you do some, I feel, either you do something independent like AP does or, or Breitling does, more or less, or you join a big event like Watches and Wonders. Yeah. But if you do nothing, yeah. I think it will be very, very yeah. difficult to stay relevant or to 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 be seen yeah. by people. And, and also for Breitling, I get, I, I kind of get it because they have this, they, they all, they're they already, already so marketing savvy, George Kern is. Yeah. He knows how to position himself. He yeah. knows what to do. He does a lot of events, both yeah, on, exactly. on, on global scale, but also on local yeah. scale. They do a lot of events with, with press, with retail, with, yeah. with collectors as well. But I don't see that happening with Breguet or Bonpin, which no. is a, really a missed yeah, opportunity. Yeah, no, they, they should be there. I, yeah. I, they uh, yeah. they are certainly missed, and I, I, yeah, and it. I also fear a little bit for the for the future of these uh, two uh, traditional maisons because of their lack of visibility, and therefore, 
uh, lack of relevance uh, if if they're uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I think Hayek is very close to uh, Blampin and and uh, Breguet. I think he's a bit further away from a brand like Glacier de Original. Mm-hmm. So I think a brand like Glacier de Original, who is also uh, location-wise f- further yeah. away from from Hayek and Swatch Group, because yeah. they are in Germany in uh, in Glashütte, mm-hmm. as the name suggests. <laughs> I think for them, it's it's very it must be frustrating to be honest. Yeah, and then they once had a French-speaking uh, CEO that was also. Uh Didn't help. Problematic. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was that was problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, with yeah. And Blancpain, I think it's more directly, I think, steered by Hayek and Classique Original is a bit like Lange from Richemont. They are a bit uh, uh, operating uh, in an autonomous uh, yeah, uh, way. They are. Yeah, and I think Wilhelm Schmidt. But they don't uh, have the, the platform, CEO. and Lange has the platform because they are at Watches and Wonders. Yeah, they, they stay a little bit away from the rest of the Richemont brands. But Glacito Original has no option. But are Breguet and Blancpain really the brands for such a big audience or big... Well, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, if Vacheron is there and, uh, and uh, yeah, if you, if you look at the, the, the traditional grand maisons of autologerie, uh, then Blancpain, Breguet, Vacheron, uh, Patek, and you name them, they, they, they yeah, are, think, that um, they should be there. That's, I think in that's, terms of production size, the, but also in th- I think in terms of revenue as well. Um, if you look at Lange, they produce around 5,000 watches. Yeah, they are very Breguet small. And I think is 25,000 or something, yeah, yeah. 30,000. So I think they're very relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very, yeah, they need a platform like that. I agree. Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. Uh, and it's a pity because uh, yeah, I like Breguet and uh, I also like uh, Blancpain, but it's... No, we, we, we also we need diversity. We we need all the brands to fl- flourish. Uh, that that I think in the end that uh, yeah. makes it interesting. Yeah, but I mean, like, like Vacheron has its uh, uh, integrated bracelet sports watch. Mm-hmm. Breguet doesn't. Breguet is very much a classic dress watch. Yeah, but so is uh, Gégé Le Coultre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think yeah, they've uh, been able to turn the reversal into bon uh, Blanc more uh, of a fashion uh, statement. Yeah. I think Beaumarchais bon and uh, Mont Blanc they should give up their uh, booth at. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, well, we'll give it to <laughs> Blancpain. Uh, there's still space. <laughs> then there was still uh, spaces because this year there was a, there was a space upstairs where they had the yeah, television yeah, uh, sets big. and everything. Yeah. So uh, I'm quite sure that we can uh, we can squeeze them. We in. can squeeze them <laughs> in. Okay. Yeah. So to round it up, what was your absolute letdown this year? Dan, please go first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Dan <laughs> was. <laughs> I, I was getting some time here. <laughs> No, Dan wasn't. No, um, what was a letdown? What was a well? Letdown? What uh, it wasn't really a letdown, but um, the the meetings we had with uh, Rolex, for example, and uh, and the meeting I had at uh, Cartier, they had so many watches. Ah, yeah. That there was no time to to take a good look at the watches because in both sessions there were like 20 or 30 watches to go over. And then you still didn't see all the references. And you didn't see yeah. all of them. Yeah. And Correct. we weren't really able to take pictures of all of them. So, and and you're in a room with 20 other people. So every, everybody wants to see, you're, you're like hustling for to get the watch list, watches. And that was a little bit of a letdown because yeah, you, you go to these uh, touch and feel sessions as they're called. And um, yeah. yeah. That was a little bit of, like, the experience of the touch and feel sessions was a little bit of a letdown let for me. Thank you, Dan, for allowing me to think about my, uh, <laughs> my letdown. So, so was, uh, there was actually 
too that I, that I was I was very very let down by the quality of the Panerai presentation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did like the um, distressed steel luminor case. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of cool for mm -hmm. a fashion watch. Bruno finishing. Si, si. Brunito finishing. Brunito. Veramente. Veramente. And then with the California dial. Uh, it was very nice. It was very, very cool. It was also, it was 13,000 or something. It was yeah. really, really, uh, it was quite, uh, it had a steep price tag. I thought it looked very cool. I also found it a little bit of a fashion piece. I did like the Luminor Tre, of course, but uh, that's uh, on a side note. But what was the thing that really let me... Well, there was a, a moment, we talked about Beaumont Messier, there was this Riviera, it was a dive model it, with a semi-transparent dial. And that's when I thought, okay, you have completely lost it here. I mean... A semi-transparent dial on a dive watch is is why is that there is it everything that makes sense everything that's holy in the world of watches you you just you just do stuff you just the bezel was actually quite nice with the with the mm. special uh, grips and then but and then <laughs> put a normal dial in it I I think that 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 that, that watch would have been quite cool actually because the Riviera is it, it, it it's not the most original of designs but it's been around for quite a while mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they already did it when nobody gave a shh about uh, integrated uh, yeah. sports uh, bracelet watches so but but man that dial it was just yeah, I, I think I the non-diver version looks actually quite good yeah, even but, with the dial but uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah but that diver version man man mm. sad I feel that um, it's more of a general statement. A lot of brands, oh no, not a lot, perhaps some brands that have a lot of potential are losing their momentum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel Panerai is an example. Yeah. I think IWC is a little bit too late with the engineer. Yeah. I also feel that... Uh, uh, Took them years to develop this. Yes. I think also that Beaumont-Mechet, uh, I know the Riviera from the, from the late 90s. Yeah. It was a nice watch, and I always thought, man, that's a nice-looking watch. And the you, Royal Boom. Yeah, you see them on, on, on Chrome 24 for a few hundred. Yeah. Man, it's a nice watch, and if they modernize it, that could be a cool thing. Now they did, but I think they just they missed the mark. Yeah, but now you, this made me think of one of the most surprising watches also at uh, Watches and Wonders. That was also a Beau Mercier. Oh. That was the Perpetual Ooh, Calendar. The perpetual the, calendar they yeah. had a... Uh, uh, there was a... It was embargoed, but it was on display or something. Oh. It was also weird, yeah. right? Not sure if we're allowed to talk about it. Yeah, so then put it on display. That was a, a, yeah, a perpetual calendar in the Riviera case, and it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah let's wait for that then. Um, and that didn't have the semi-transparent dial. No. no. <laughs> 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 what I also uh, uh, missed, and it's the, the, I think the third or the fourth year in a row, Mm-hmm. If Piaget would finally do a proper polo instead of a emperador kind of thing and call it polo, man, now is the time to do proper jewelry watches. If you look on Instagram, if you look in the collector's world, all these people are so fond of doing something unique and, and define their own style and doing something, something more jewelry-like. 
And if you look at those old polos with the, the horizontal engraved yeah. cases and bracelets, now is the time to do that shit. And Piaget lacks doing that. Yeah. And I feel it's a pity because I think if there's one brand then ca- that can get away with outrageous yeah, designs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's yeah. not Cartier. It's no, not no, Bouleri, it's Piaget. It's Piaget. Yeah, Piaget. And they yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do it. There's no yeah. Yves Piaget spirit anymore. Yeah, well said, well said, well said. Yeah, yeah there's a Mic very drop. big difference between the <laughs> between the sports watch, the polo and the jewelry stuff. The polo the plays it safe yeah. and therefore it loses. Mic drop. Yeah, therefore, it's not a real polo, I feel. It's it's a pity. Because yeah. I think Piaget is the brand that can get away with a lot of outrageous, cool-looking stuff. Yeah, and, and in their jewelry, they uh, they uh, they do that quite often. Yeah, There was a nice, uh, I think Christian showed it to us, uh, platinum watches made for a collector. Yeah. Like 10 with different... The s- with the stones. Yeah, with the stone, stone dials. dials. Yeah, fantastic. That yeah, that's Piaget. Nice. With that's, the step yeah, case. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. Very nice. So that's what I mean with some... I think there are brands out there that are, that are losing their momentum. And that's a pity. And I think... Brands that also don't really understand themselves. That's also a little no, bit of I, the feeling I, I have. Also, but I also don't know why that is. Is that because a lot of people who used to be there are not there anymore? Or they have attracted people from outside of the watch industry that are not daring? And that, and anymore? that, and the fact that they have to make money for the shareholders. And, 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 yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But don't you think that if Piaget would do a proper, proper polo, that they would have happy shareholders with good-looking Excel sheets? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think they, yeah, I think you're, and I think you're there, onto something. A brand like like uh, Takoya does well by showing the Carrera glass box iteration, for example, to revive that spirit a little bit. Uh, Tudor does always well. I think Tudor is super super strong. Um, yeah, but I think LVMH in general, uh, Takoya is part of LVMH. Yeah. I think that there is a they 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 have a, they have a momentum going and yeah. and they, they you could see the build up and sometimes you thought hmm, hmm, I think hmm, this is the way but their stuff. they are yeah they are they're on they're on a roll. They're yeah. definitely on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Richemont could uh, could take a better look at how they how they do it. Yeah. Uh, for some brands not all. I think Cartier was strong. Gégère was actually Gégère also was quite really strong. strong yeah. Because I felt that Gégère was losing their momentum in, in, in previous years. But now they had a very strong reversal collection. And it always felt that Gégère Culture wanted to do something away, f- something different than the reverse. So like AP didn't want to do Royal Oak anymore and came with the, with the Code 1159 thing. And before that, uh, the, the millinery and so on. Yeah. But I think in the end, it's not a bad thing. No. To be Reverso, to be Royal Oak, and perhaps your model name is stronger it than is. your brand name. And the same in the in the past, the same went was the case for Hublot, where the brand was MDM and the watch was Hublot. Yeah, true. And then the brand became Hublot. And I I don't think that's a bad thing. If you play the cards well, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think Gégé Lecoultre uh, showed that or demonstrated that with the new. Reverso collection. Yeah. It's really good. Chronograph is excellent. The slim down uh, tribute in uh, gold is yeah. fantastic. Very I also nice. really like that tourbillon. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So these were our watch, watches and wonders favorites and perhaps the one that uh, we didn't favor that much. Let us know 
what your favorites were of this Watches and Wonders 2023 and what you're looking forward to of the rest of this year. Oh, we didn't even talk about Hermes. Oh, next time. Next week. Next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao.